I am unashamed. What about you? So uh, I mentioned in the last overtime, because um, we were talking about, well, we started talking about pulpit, <laughs> and we wound up talking about leaders. But we were talking about first that God, the presence of God and the Word of God is where you camp out when it comes to right. life issues. Then he gets into, you know, Jesus being the same yesterday, today, and forever, and people are like, well, what does that mean? Right. Well, that fact is life-changing. It changes human lives. Who Jesus is and the fact that he is what he was and that he is what he is and that he will be, he, he doesn't change. Right. So it's not gonna, It's not like we get to heaven and all of a sudden they say, oh, wait. But So that's a, that's a decision-making foundation on who Jesus is. So when you have your life and you're trying to make a decision— well, you need to seek the presence of God. You need to seek the Word of God, and you need to realize that Jesus, He fixes everything. Right. And that, that's not going to change. But the point is, if you only see Him, your leaders, if the only time you ever see Him is if He's in what man has called the pulpit, <laughs> you cannot. You, you made cannot, that point. We cannot, got it. You cannot tell yeah. how, what a man imitate their faith. Consider the outcome of their way of life. You can't tell that if he's only speaking to you at a distance. Yeah. You would have to see what he does Monday. Through, exactly. You'd have to. Well, so, we're gonna, so would it be safe to say that the three of us are leaders? Would you, do you think, consider yourself a leader, Dad? I don't consider myself a leader, but if you ask somebody else, they're going to call you a leader. Now, I do claim to be a leader, you know, in my family, but I don't. I learned about year two or three that if you have to say you're the leader, you're not. Yep. So, so it, Jace, it, I appreciate your humility, but you're yes, you're a leader. The three of us are leaders. Here's how I know why: because we're doing the Unashamed podcast, and literally millions of people are listening to us and following our example of what we're teaching, and what and they don't they don't follow us around because most of them don't know us, but they're. Because of what we teach and preach, they're listening to what we're saying. But my point is, is who we preach and teach. I mean, what slash who. That, that pulpit, is what makes you a leader. We're though. giving them an example of people of the pulpit. That's who we are. Right. And, pulpit, and sometimes well, we'll, we'll actually be right, in front of people. So the pulpit, if you look at it right now, right here. We're off the pulpit. We're down here in the <laughs> we're middle on of the table. We're on the table. But it might be in a boat. <laughs> Yeah. Or it might be in a golf cart. That's right. Now or it might be in a, in a vehicle. Yeah, it might now be in you're a beginning line. to explain so, our way of life. So I read life. this verse last time in the overtime. I mean, but this verse is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So let me read it. Uh, Hebrews 13, 17, because we're going to get back into the section in between, but he kind of skips ahead and gives you a little more information about leadership. And this is a little scary because I just established and said we're all leaders. So listen to this. Obey your leaders, submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. So there has to be accountability for what we're teaching. Well, and, accountability to God, but and accountability you, you to have each other. Accountability to each other. And my whole point was when it says submit to their authority, well, Jesus said Matthew twenty eight, all authority's been given to me. Therefore go make disciples. Because we're all we do is point people. To Jesus. Correct. So when people come to me and they assume I'm a leader, 
which to your point, yes. But it's because I'm, I, I may not know the answer to the question, but I know who does. So I'm always going to go back to who Jesus is every time. Right. It's amazing. They're like, oh, well, well, I, I, I get it. I'm like, well, yeah, I just pointed as an ambassador to the king, to the king. And people are like, well, that was, that was wise. But it's actually so simple that a lot of churches miss it because they start arguing about theology and verses and all, and there's no application of who Jesus is in, in their life. And him being a reality was my point. So a lot of people will say, well, I, you know, I really don't know if I'm a leader or not. You know how you really know if people are wanting to follow you? Or maybe you're talking to I mean, an individual. that's how you know you're a leader, by the you way. May, I have talked to individuals in the last four years, more than one, and I say, uh, you know, have you met? This is my, this is my friend, my girlfriend, whatever. Yeah. I said, are y'all married? Do you, do you, because word came to me, look, we got people out there, they're not married, they're shacking up. So I would challenge the ones who are like that. I said, you need to be married. And I said, if I have to, I'll do the marrying, but you need to get that right with God. You don't want to you need a marriage license, sign the dotted line. So uh, we baptized them right down here next to the river. And now they're living happily ever, ever after. Right, but uh, you run up on them; they're not married. It's kind of difficult to keep the marriage bed pure if you are not even married yet. So, what you just described—the main—that makes you a leader. The main tenet of leadership is to speak the truth in love, correctly. Yep. I mean, yep. that's what you're doing. You're saying they didn't get mad; they just said, "You know, we need we we we, we, we need to do that." Is, and you know why they got married? Because they listened to a leader who showed them the word of God, and they did the right thing. But Paul, that's what leadership. That's happened is. more than once, by the Paul way. Paul said it right. First Corinthians eleven one. Follow my example. You know, he's a leader, correct? As I follow the example of Christ. That's right. Yep. That's all I was trying to say. Yeah. So it's like our guests. We so, have, a, and I agree with you. Uh, before you go there, I agree with you that when you have leaders who don't point people to Jesus, then you've got authoritarians, and you're going down the wrong path. And this happens all the time. If you're to keep well, the marriage bed pure, the person that that's talking to has to be married. Right. But my point is, Phil. A lot of people say, "Well, follow me," because uh, it's not hard to find followers in this life because look there's people in pyramid schemes and all kind of false religions and there's and and people follow it oh, yeah and you're like i mean there was what was the story where everybody you know they 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 uh put their space suits on and they all took some poison and somewhere in california oh, yeah. or whatever and they all died it's like well you know that was that was a bad thing to follow in my opinion well remember that story back in the 70s a thousand people followed old jim jones down to another country and they all died what so you're Paul saying jace is in hebrews 13 which we're on do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings <laughs> yeah well but but that's one of the reasons why it says their leaders are to give an account. So if you're saying you're speaking on behalf of the Almighty, I'm going to tell you something. We talked about pulpits. Anytime I get in front of people and I teach this book, I do it with fear and trepidation. 
And me, I, me too. Because I'm speaking on behalf of Almighty God, and I know I have to give an account for that. It's a scary thing. Very, well, and, and it that, should be a scary thing. Walking, me it, too, walking as Jesus did is a daily occurrence. Right. And you know, He didn't say, follow my example, because God told me some special things that you don't know. He said, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Well, you got four books that give you the example of Christ in detail. Somebody put them in red letters. Right. I just think that's got to be a part of the equation, especially since he stuck that right in the middle of Hebrews 13, talking about leaders. Right. So we have a special guest today who's been on here before. And uh, every time... You know, we have somebody that we know that we're good friends with. It always amazes me. Uh, and to go back to when we had Rucker on, and, you know, he made a point that you see strange people who come together in the family of God. I mean, people who, and Ryan Lee made the same point when we had him on. Remember, I mean, he was, he's he's like, I'm from... Orlando, and he went through his heritage, you know, when the guy asked him, uh, you know, he's like, he was going to college and at Harding, and he's like, <laughs> what are you? What, what are you? Because <laughs> he's like, you know, his dad is Chinese, and his, you know, his mom is, you know, whatever the the race mix was, but I mean, he was like, you know, I'm a child of God. That, I'm the, a disciple of Jesus. He was Chinese, huh? but by way of Panama. So yeah. He was yeah, talking about other, yeah, different culture. And so here, you know, you had Rucker. You had a guy who's, you know, was a gangbanger from Houston. And, and so you look around, well, you know, the fellow that we're going to have today, Adam LaRoche, I mean, I met him. He was a major league baseball player. And, uh, but the last time, well, the last time I saw him, he came down for uh, Willie's birthday. The roast. The, the roast that I was late to. <laughs> Which, by the way, he made comment. He was like, he said, Jace, are you here? And, of course, it was crickets, you know. And then, then Willie's like, I said, then I said, I'm up on stage. And I said, he's over there asleep at his house. He said, <laughs> he said well, asleep. I, my daughter told everybody I was asleep, which was true. And you said, well, why were you asleep? Because I was tired. I mean, I knew that party. I've been to enough parties over at Willie's that <laughs> at nine, ten o'clock. Oh, that's what it's I, just, that gets just going. getting going. I'll be over it's there like directly. Old Western song, you know. I saw you. You know, you leaned up against a post, and why were you doing that? He said, well, I was tired. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that was Jimmy Hendrix. No, it's some old guy. It wasn't him. No. but the time before I saw uh, Adam. I had an event somewhere around where he was living in the Midwest. And uh, I was over at his house. I just dropped in and, you know, just talking about leaders and discussion. We started asking each other biblical questions. And we literally studied the Bible till daylight, which made my event later on that day you know i was just going on sheer adrenaline at that point because it certainly wasn't i thought sleep. you were gonna say you went you fell asleep and missed your event like you missed willie's no party. there was no sleep we don't have time for sleep but my point was when you have everybody has people in their inner circle in, in the kingdom yeah. that hold them accountable and the way you get those people is you have discussions about tough things and about life and you study the Bible together. Maybe it might be till daylight, you know, or night. I mean, call it the Holy Spirit, call it what you will. 
But those are, th- and it wasn't even on a Sunday to Phil's point. It, it's when, when you sell out for Jesus and you surrender and you start looking for opportunities, because that's, that, that's what he's talking about here in Hebrews 13. You're, you're looking for opportunities, whether it's strangers or helping those who are being persecuted. I mean, these are things that are a result of your love for Christ because you realized how much he loves you. I mean, he got all the way to the end up until this point. He's like wrong system, wrong. You don't have Jesus. You don't have Jesus. You don't have Jesus. You don't have Jesus. Now that you got Jesus, here's what, here's the love that you need to show to other people, to your wife, to your kids, to strangers, to people that you're bumping into. I mean, you get the idea of what he's, what he's, well, you know, there's leaders, there's biblical precedent for what you and Adam did because, you know, Paul got all stirred up, you know, in the book of Acts. He got to preaching and he went all night. The problem was some young kid named Eutychus fell out of the window and he died. Yeah. I'm just glad nobody died from y'all's little get together. Nobody died. Nobody I, died. I, they thought he died, but he. he... Well, Paul brought him back to life. Yeah, okay. I, I need to leave that to tell that part of the rest of the story because that, that left it in a bad way. Thank you, Dad. That's good. Well, we're uh, we're going to take our uh, first break. And uh, when we come back on the other side, we will have our good friend Adam LaRoche on the Unashamed Podcast. We talk a lot about the ills of America. Uh, A lot of tough times going on, right? I mean, we we sort of look around the country today and we kind of don't recognize it. Depravity has gone mainstream. It has. And uh, so, you know, families struggle to pay the bills. we got inflation. we got a lot of tough things going on. Uh, But we do have uh, some companies out there that still believe in America and our Constitution. One of those is uh, one of our longtime sponsors, Patriot Mobile, which is America's only Christian conservative cell phone company. So the things that, that are important to us are important to them, fighting for life, religious freedom, Second Amendment. And so that's why they're different. And obviously different in this field, uh, because you don't see a lot of that with some of the other companies. Uh, they want to help you, uh, giving the lowest price possible. they got budgets uh, for, for all people, you know, and what's going on in their lives. You're going to get the same great service, plus you get the knowledge that your money is supporting the values that made America great and will again. You can go to patriotmobile.com slash Phil, or you can call them at 972-PATRIOT. Use the offer code Phil, P-H-I-L, to get free activation. And remember, they have special discounts for veterans and first responders. So join the movement today. Make the switch, patriotmobile.com slash Phil, or you can call them at 972-PATRIOT. So we're back, and uh, we have one of our uh, good buddies joining us, Adam LaRoche, former Major League Baseball player, as Jay said, although we know him more in the hunting realm than the baseball realm. Well, I love it. It, He became more famous for uh, becoming a family man during his baseball career. Uh, You're known as the guy who turned, turned down a huge amount of money, and you put family first, which actually is biblical because we're we've been in Hebrews 13 4 and 5 I don't know if you're have read that lately but I'll read it right now keep your lives free from the love of money this is right after he said you know marriage should be honored by all and uh and be content with what you have because God said never will I leave you and never will I forsake you so well done Adam Thank you. Thank you, guys. You know that. Will you remind our audience of that story? Yeah, tell us the short version. But 
Well, I was going to say, I don't know if that, if that happened, if that situation happened earlier in my career, I don't know that I handle it the same way. And Jace, you know what you're just talking about. I, I think having played long enough and, and chased the money and mm. realized that it was never enough. It mm. never totally fulfilled me in, in, in same way with whether it's our, our status or, or drugs or drinking or women or whatever these things we chase it just really hit me one day that like, man, that's never going to fill that hole, you know, that yeah. gap um, yeah. that only Christ can. And, and I mean that because it hit me really before that situation even came up um, that, that, it, that it ain't about the money. Like it's yeah. never going to be, you're never going to get to the point where you're like, Oh man, I'm, I'm good. Right. Um, so that definitely made it easier. The, the fact that it was towards the end of my career, but, but having said that, uh, no you're, regrets. yeah, you're being humble. I mean, that is a and, and you were just land. What's that word Phil, you taught me? Lambasted. 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 <laughs> yeah. Jay says I, I prefer land blasted. <laughs> but I, I I found out that that's actually not a word, but it should be, and I think it illustrates the point. What teams did you play for up there in the in the major? You played league? Atlanta the longest, didn't you? Atlanta and, and D.C. were the longest. Yeah, I, okay. I played That's in right, Pittsburgh DC. for a few years, Arizona, Boston, Chicago. Yeah, and Chicago is where it ended. Bunch of them. Right. And anyway, so, the yeah, they had they had not wanted um, Adam to bring his son into uh, around the clubhouse, and, you know, and it, he said, well, if he can't come, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm out of here. I'm retiring. But, you know, I texted you, Adam, when all that was going on because – like Jace, I really I respected you so much for that because no matter where it was in your life, you put him above what you had been doing for a living, and you know I just I think I wish more people would think of it in those terms about what you just beautifully described about what is most important in life, and of course Christ and God are first, but th the next is your family, your wife, your children, you know now grandchildren. I mean that's that's what God put us here to do was to make sure they understand how to get to heaven. And so, I mean, you live that out in a public way and which made you unashamed. That's why we like you coming on the unashamed podcast. Oh, Adam has been a well, part of, uh, of some of the most famous memories of my life that I've used several <laughs> times. And one of them that I was telling Phil about, cause I didn't, I don't, I think he forgot you were there, but you remember when we did, uh, I'm not sure what duck men video that was. But it was the first time we had been to my buddy Barrett's place. And somehow you, I guess because you live pretty close to Barrett. but uh, And we also yeah. had J.D. Drew there. Because I guess, was he JD there with you? There. Yeah. I forgot why he was you there. You know what I remember about that trip? I remember, I remember posting up on the side of a river. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting next to... I think JD and Phil were on both sides of me. And I remember first ducks came in and I started blasting. And then about 10 seconds later, I look over and Phil had slid his chair back about six feet behind me. <laughs> <laughs> and I came to find out that I might've shot a little close to him in the excitement of all that first yeah, group of the birds. The first thing that my mind is you got to watch these baseball players. <laughs> <laughs> They'll put that gun right over your head. That's so funny. Uh -oh. I forgot about that. I was going to go to the end. You know, we hunted three or four days, and we finally get to this hole, and we had something incredible happen 
how many ducks were in that bunch? Uh, one one fifty, two hundred, couple hundred. Would you say, Adam? That that came in when we were out in that field. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they yeah. they came yes. in and we said kill them and we raise up and it was just I mean it was epic. I mean they were just raining mountains. Well, the guy who owned the place, his brother was with us. And because we were all just kind of in shock and we were filming and uh, he, his brother just started hollering like, cause that's what you would normally do when you just, you see something that you only see, you know, a handful of times in your life mm -hmm. in the duck world. And my dad said, now remember, uh, Joe Paterno, <laughs> when the guy scored the touchdown, you got to act like you've been there before. <laughs> And I was like, what is Phil talking about? And then it hit me. That the, the people who own the land, Phil is chastising him. Because he's excited. Because he was hollering. Yeah. He's like, you got to act like you've been there before. You got to act like you've been there before. Do you remember that, Adam? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that quote. Oh, what I a. I sure do. What a memory, though. I mean, that yeah. was that was one of the most epic duck hunts that I had ever been on, and uh, I was glad you were a part of it. Yeah, and your, your man that owns the land said that's never been duplicated before. No, I know. I mean, we just happened to be at the right place at the right time. But What were you going to say, Adam? No, I was going to say, I just I felt bad for spooking Phil. I, I just thought it, that was a kill-at-all-costs type hunt. <laughs> shoot everything. <laughs> it's just swinging all over the place and blasting. <laughs> Well, duck hunting is uh, there's a it's well it's so different because of course you you know Adam is one of the owners of a buck commander, and so and and they've been filming deer hunting videos you know they're epic as well both on DVD in the old days and now just download stuff and of course on the outdoor channel, but deer hunting is such a you know it's just you and and even if you got a camera guy always with you but it's just you and the animal you know whereas duck hunting. It's so much camaraderie, but it is, and so much action that goes on. But then there's like, we've done it so long, there's like these etiquette things you have to do. But it's when you just insert yourself right in the middle of it, you don't know all the little unspoken rules, you know? Yeah, I followed, followed it all up, but within 10 days, I had a pair of $5,000 earplugs that keeps your hearing <laughs> when you're close to gunfire. Uh, I said, I need a pair uh, of uh, earplugs there, baby. <laughs> Some woman, uh, she figured it all out. You know, it gave me the earplugs. Yeah. I invested about $5,000 over that. Thanks a year. lot, Adam. You just you got dad right into those. Uh... <laughs> you go around saying, what? You, what did you say? Uh, no, I know it's frustrating that you can't hear without them now. But too much gunfire. So Adam, tell us, because I don't know that we've, I don't think we've ever talked about it with you on the podcast, but how did you, you first met Willie, right? That was your entrance into our world. Tell us how y'all met and kind of how the whole thing kind of led to, to you being in Buck Commander and all that. Yeah, I actually met Jace first. I met Jace, man, Jace, probably maybe a year before I met your brother. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I had called. Yeah. I, I had a, I had a duck commander. This is back when I was just, I was just a fan of you guys back in the, in the DVD days. I had a duck commander hat, lost it, was just breaking spring training my first year in the major leagues with the Braves. So I'd been in Atlanta maybe two weeks. We just started the season. I was a rookie, lost this hat, Googled duck commander, 
the phone number came out and I'm pretty sure back then it was just a number right to Phil's house where they were taking orders. Probably oh, so. yeah. Yeah. And I called that number and Jace answers. Jace goes to the closet, finds this hat because you guys had quit making it. And he gets back on the phone and he's like, man, it's a little beat up and <laughs> probably some blood on it. I don't know. We've yeah. worn it for a bit. I can send it to you. So we started talking and I said, he said, what do you do? I said, oh, I play baseball. He's like, oh, what? Like semi pro ball. I said, no, I play with the Braves. And he said, the Atlanta Braves? <laughs> I said, yeah. And he said, well, we're all big Braves fans. Hang on a second. And I hear him. He, he puts the phone down and he announces to the family, has anybody ever heard of an Adam LaRoche that claims he played the Atlanta Braves? He gets back on the phone and says, man, we're all Braves fans and we've never heard of you. <laughs> so then what, what do I say? I mean, I just said, well, yeah. I said, you, you wouldn't have. I'm a rookie. I just got up yeah. here. and I didn't I think believe it was you. a month later. I Jason, basically said, I don't believe you. Oh, <laughs> uh, you didn't. You didn't. I've never heard. But about a month later, Jason's family drive to Atlanta and end up staying with us for a few days. And we, we just connected then. And then I got introduced to Willie, I think. I think maybe the following year. So well, that would have been 04. Yeah. And you said you were more of a deer hunter than a duck hunter, which is, was the gravitation towards yeah. Willie. Right. Because Willie has always been more of a deer yeah. hunter. I've never been into into deer. That's why everybody invites me to go to their deer hunting places because they know they're safe. Now, the little ones I like <laughs> to eat, but everybody's like, oh, you can't say that in the deer hunting world. But, I mean, they, I'm just being honest. I, I go... After the ones that are best to eat, I, I'm not into the you know the big racks, but I enjoy watching it from a distance, you know. Yep. Hang on, yeah. let's let's take a break. But Alan, you're right; it's totally different. And and with ducks, uh, what I love about that type of hunting is just being able to hang with the guys and rap oh, yeah. and fellowship. Yeah. And not having to just be mute. You know, for, well, and I think that's been a lot of the success of Buck Commander because obviously all you guys are well known for different reasons. You know, some country singers, baseball players, and Willie, you know, from the whole duck thing. But, you know, it's interesting because you're right. Even though the hunting part is individual, you guys sort of really showed the camaraderie of what happens with people, which is kind of what we were talking about yeah. before you came on that you need people in your life to have that sort of accountability and, you know, relationship and even, even fun stuff, you know, like, like that, like hunting and y'all are always being in the hijinks, you know, the, the show's famous for people doing, you know, pranks on one another and stuff like that. But you build something with people over time yeah. and, and, and when Christ is at the center, which is what we were talking about, then it really leads to important moments where, you're really helping your your brother grow. You're helping somebody else in their family, or, or maybe through a tragedy or some kind of difficulty. So that's kind of how I feel about our relationship, you know, with you guys and your whole family. I mean, when you said that your son was married, now I was like, and your grandpa I was like, what? What? When did that happen? That I mean, things go by. Welcome fast. to the club. I'm a grandpa. We're getting old, Adam. We are, buddy. I notice now. We now are. you got the you got nothing on top. And you just full duck dynasty <laughs> on bottom, which is interesting. Yeah, and this, 
This is getting a lot of the tops falling out, and this is turning a different color on me. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's I'm I'm I'm, it. I, I'm there with you. Well, tell us about what you're doing now, Adam. Uh, look, one of the reasons I asked you to be on here is I bumped into two or three Buck Commander people, and they're like telling me Adam Moreau stories and what they're doing and and what you're doing, and I and they they said, well, you need to have him on the podcast. So tell us the a variety of ministries that you got going on. Man, right now, our, our, which ironically, deer season's coming up. Typically, I'm out getting ready for that, checking cameras, getting stands tightened up. And, and st- I still love hunting. It's just, it's been a, it's been really cool that, that since I quit baseball, uh, it, it's, it's taken a back seat to a lot of these other things where yeah. it used to be front and center of everything, you know, for yeah. most of my career was, as soon as the season was over, it was, it was just, just hunting. Um, and again, don't get, still love it and, and can't wait to get out there. And I actually appreciate it more when I do get to get out and, yeah. and hunt, whether it's traveling somewhere, going on a trip or hunting right here at the ranch. But, you know, when I was done, uh, we started up, um, hosting veterans out here to the ranch as part of the work we do with the foundation. So we have combat veterans come out and just as a way to serve those guys. So, so it's not a, you're messed up. We're here to fix you. It's more of a thank you um, for what you've done and what you continue to do. And, and, um, and just come out and let us serve you for a few days. And, and 90% of the time that's revolving around some type of hunt, Uh, whether it's a Turkey hunt in the spring deer hunt. And then we do some waterfowl stuff late season. Um, so through that, over the years, I've got to meet a ton of guys in that, in that space. And then Afghanistan kicks off, which was about a year ago. Yep. Yeah. Right at a year ago. Right at a year. Yeah. And a lot of the guys we had had in that we continue to follow up with and keep the communication line open and just love on those guys had had interpreters that they had worked with for a decade. Or, or more in Afghanistan that were like family to them that they couldn't get out. Hmm. Um, and so they asked if there's anything we could do through the foundation and another couple phone calls. And, and there we are, you know, neck deep in the Afghanistan crisis, uh, which we're still in today. We still have, we've got them all out. So our list of 200 and something that we originally had, we've got them all out of the country wow. and hmm. still waiting on some pieces and paperwork to get them on to final resettlement. So that's still a, a daily thing. A very good, on, but very good deed you're doing. Now, when you say getting them out, I mean, how, how did that, how did that work? I mean, did y'all literally, oh, man, every, uh, some of, I mean, every way imaginable, it, it was, <laughs> uh, it was, it was the fastest changing environment over there with, with different routes and ways to get people out that were, more than likely on the Taliban hit list. Um, mm. So they weren't able to just go to the local embassy or the passport mm. shop, you know, and have their documents printed and visas made. So we had to get creative on, uh, on some of that, but it worked. And, uh, and man, through it, we got introduced to a lot of good organizations that, that that's the type of work they do. Yeah. And, and I say that because then fast forward, eight months or whatever it was, Ukraine kicks off. A lot of those same teams that we worked with in and around Afghanistan asked us if we could join in. They actually asked me if I could jump in. They were a man short to go over there and help 
uh, evacuate 19 orphans that had really severe medical needs and disabilities. From and these 19 from orphans the U- were sprinkled from out. From the Ukraine? All, yeah, they were sprinkled out all throughout Ukraine okay, in, in different regions. And so I flew over there, and that was the initial. It was supposed to be about a five to seven day in and out and uh, ended up getting in country and was in there for a month. We just kept running into more needs that we were seeing and we would see these needs and be like, man, we can, we can actually do something about that. So we would commit there and dive in and one thing led to another. Um, And then I just came back off my, I guess my fourth trip over there. Um, So usually we're over there for three weeks or so and then come back for a couple weeks and then just kind of rotate back and forth with our, our small team. But, and it's been, it's been unbelievable. So to answer your question, that's why we got involved here was really from years ago, just serving these, these soldiers and, uh, yeah. and getting to know them and, and their families. Well, did you feel like, I mean, when you're over there, was there, I mean, bombs going off or, or how are y'all a- avoiding the actual war <laughs> that's going on? <laughs> I think they're part of it, man. <laughs> We're, yeah, do you hear it's it's constant bombs, you know, it's and it's a strange which I haven't had a ton of war experience. Uh, so that that wasn't my background. So when I got over there and and saw um, one, the, just the realness of it, you know, Ukraine's yeah. I think they're losing about 150, 200 guys a year or, or a day. Sorry. Um, but they're also they're also holding their own. It's, it's been impressive what their capabilities have been, but it's a strange, it's, it reminds me of like a world war two. I mean, there is literally a line drawn. One side is occupied by Russia, one side Ukraine, and they are just bombing each other back and forth. It's just a, we don't need to dive into that. That would take up all our time, but yeah. very strange environment. What's awesome about it is the fact that the friendly neighboring countries, especially that first trip in, I, I watched them. We helped them unload and offload some trucks where they are emptying out their houses and sending them in to the Ukrainian people and then opening up their houses to the millions of displaced people that were coming out and fleeing that country to just total strangers. I, I mean, giving up vehicles, giving up their warm clothes and, you know, all these different supplies, uh, hospitals emptying out, you know, their medications and sending them in and, the support and love from the neighbors has been crazy to, to see and be a part of that. <clears throat> let's, uh, let's take a break. Well, you know, they, uh, they always say that war brings out the worst and best in people. And I think that's probably true. I mean, you know, you're going to, the same atrocities you hear about, and those get a lot of play and things that happen to people, but rare, rarely do people tell the stories you just talked about, Adam, about what the good things that yeah. people do to help their fellow man and, and, and a neighboring country, which is, fa- and even what you're doing, Adam, I mean, it's so amazing because I love that you're being led, you know, ministry to ministry, place to place. Cause it sounds like, Every time you get into something and then there's another door that opens it and then you're, you're just doing it. I mean, you're just, you're just being led by it, you know, and going. Yeah. Thank you, man. I I remember, I remember praying a long time ago. Um, 
about about faith and wondering like why I, I feel like my faith is just I feel like all these other guys I'm surrounded with their faith is so much stronger and is it and so through praying praying about that and then obviously being around guys that do a lot of this work and just kind of seeing them live it kind of came to the realization that you can pray for it all you want and obviously God could grant it like that he could snap his fingers and you could just have that rock solid faith but then I think I kind of came to realize that, uh, especially being involved with some of the counter-trafficking work we do and doing some stuff overseas, of of realizing that maybe the best way to grow my faith is to put myself in situations where where I have to actually rely on my faith and not be just here at my ranch where, you know, everything's pretty safe and comfortable, yeah. and you don't get in too many situations where I really got to lean on the Lord. So that was a big part of it. And then also all the doors that he has opened through all these different crises that we've been involved with, with Afghanistan and Ukraine in particular, it's just confirmation that every time I'm over there and just doors open almost immediately when there's a need, um, has made it like crystal clear that, it's uh, that that he's behind it, and that this is exactly where we we need to be right now. And and honestly, we're there's some there's some huge organizations over there. Um, so we're we've kind of been a gap filler for these kind of one off special needs or evacuations that need to happen, or if you know somebody because there's bombs every day, hundreds of bombs every day, and so there's tons of casualties. Um, a lot of them need to go long distances, so we're able to take our vehicles in and, you know, give them medevacs, uh, to wherever they need to go and, and continue support that way. So it's, it's been pretty random. Adam, it makes, uh, makes this text that I'll read our quote here. It brings it to uh, front and center. Let no debt remain outstanding, except the continuing debt to love one another for he who loves his fellow man and y'all are living proof of it, has fulfilled the law. The commandments don't commit adultery, don't murder, don't steal, don't covet, whatever other commandment there may be, are summed up in this one rule. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then listen to this, Adam. Love does no harm to its neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. So what you're doing is front and center. You live like you're doing, and you live out what you're participating in. It is fulfillment of all the commandments. You're you're doing it at the ground level. So you ought to be commended, you and your fellow brothers who are participating in that particular endeavor, because that's a dangerous road you're on there. You know, it's what I was going to say, Adam. I don't know if you knew this, that, you know, I've always been a, I guess, a domestic disciple or, you know, sharing Jesus here in the States. But one of the few mission trips I took in the early 90s was I went to U- the Ukraine. I spent a month there. And uh, that was really? right after, yeah, that was right after the Cold War ended and they allowed people to come in. This would have been and, around early 90s, probably. Yeah, the early 90s. Yeah. And uh, it's the only time in my life I've ever been hungry, really, because we were there, you know, helping 
We had, there was a humanitarian side going on, and then there was three of us who were there, you know, for Jesus. And so we went, we were in the Gerlovka Donetsk region in there, and they had a, uh, a university that they were using, uh, a couple of the missionaries there, because they, it was an English where you learn to speak English. And so what they would do is they'd have an American come over and people would gather up because they, they're learning English and they, you know, they wanted to hear an American speak English. So they had this idea. They were like, well, let's get people who love Jesus over and they'll just share Jesus in English. The people will come to learn English and they'll learn about Jesus. I thought it was a genius idea. No, I didn't know that. Well, they nominated me to teach the class, you know, because of my accent, because, you know, the first five minutes, every time I said something, they all laughed. (laughs) I was like, Jace, there's, we're this, still doing it. This is not a joke. And they laughed, you know, because the, the way I said were. <laughs> but, uh, and I've told this story on the podcast somewhere before, but we, we put a sign up at this college and we had the, the uh, arrow coming down, the cross, the tomb, the arrow coming up and the arrow coming down. We put, yeah. learn this language from, you know, Americans and they had a classroom. And I was like, well, there's nobody going to show up. Get about three people. Yeah. When I walked in. Jace, hang on. Let's take our last break. When I walked in, all the seats were full and all the floor was full from people standing. And it was really more about people needed hope. I mean, the country was so poor. It was, uh, mm-hmm. you know, basically so regulated by the by the government. You know, when I was over there, they they turn if you wanted heat, they would turn the heat on. If you want hot water, they had to turn it on. I mean, I paid different people to just sit there and let me know when the pipe got hot, so I could take a shower, which was basically just a sink. You know, with <laughs> I mean, they were glad to do it. Yeah. They offered. They were like, "We'll we'll let you know for a nominal fee." But uh, and so we would hand out food during the day. I'd teach the class. Well, then at night we had uh, we met in groups, and you know I shared Jesus with hundreds because they came by the hundreds, and it was more just hope. So, you know, I was visibly upset when this the skirmish of the war, you know, broke out in the on the same street that I was on where that university was. Uh. When was that? Four or five years ago? You know, it's all started four or five years ago. It was a skirmish in that area. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I just saw that. And I was so upset because I, I got to know these hundreds of people and the ones that gave their life to Jesus. I mean, it's different when you see something on the news and when you've been there for a month and struggled with them while they were struggling and built all these relationships. And then all of a sudden this happened. So when I heard you were doing that, you know, it moved me. I was so glad because I, I thought, you know, We've come a long ways from you calling on the phone about a superstitious baseball hat. <laughs> and I just believe, you uh-huh. know, when God's directing something, because now I realize, well, we didn't know all this was going to happen, but he did. I mean, and if you ever asked me to go over there now, I mean, I'd be like, ah, I think I'm going <laughs> to. But there was a time in my life where I needed that same faith that you're talking about, and I needed to be in harm's way. And it was. I mean, it was it was very yeah. difficult. Well, think about though the irony now that Adam is helping grandchildren and children of people that 
that you knew. I mean, yeah. you know, there's without knowing who they are. I mean, that's that's happening. You know, and again, that that idea about being sur- surrounded by people who have a heart to love, like Dad just read about. You never know where that's going. As long as you stay led to the Holy Spirit at different parts in your life, I mean, that's where you you are now. But ten years from now, He may have you doing something totally different, which would be amazing. That's right. That's yeah, right. and what I learned too, pe- people are people, you know, and uh, and and those people that put their faith and trust in Jesus, look, they became just like any other person, you know. I mean, I'd have given my life for them very quickly. It just, it's just so fascinating. You know how that works. Well, hey, be be proud to know that, and I'm sure there was a lot of you over there doing that during that time. But but now we're 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 really tied in with the Baptist Church Network throughout Ukraine. And when I first mm-hmm. heard that, I thought, okay, that's I thought it was pretty much uh, like Ukrainian Orthodox, even yeah. Russian Orthodox and Catholic. The the Baptist Network there, I had no idea, is all over that country in mm-hmm. every region. And so we've been, we've been able to play a small part in just connecting a lot of those with their distribution and, and supplies and some of the, and these guys are warriors, these pastors. Yeah. It's unbelievable. They're, they're staying in areas that are getting hit every day, just bombarded with artillery and uh, holding strong. Uh, we were a part of one where a church got blasted really bad. Van, van took most of the blow. Church got blasted. They had that thing boarded up that night and up and running later that night to continue Man, just serving people. And yeah. so what God's doing over there, and, and I, you know, I'm not saying it just came from you. I'm, I'm sure there was a group of you, but whatever happened back then in the 90s, because uh, a pastor was explaining to me kind of the, the transition of of allowing Jesus into that country and really mm-hmm. the movement of the church throughout that country. And and right in that time frame that you're talking about is when yeah. he said there was a massive kind of movement throughout there that, yeah. that God was doing some wild things. So oh I look, Adam, you were yeah. I saw and I was a part of it and it all makes sense now. Because, look, we would, you know, it was dangerous what we were doing because most of the country at that time would kill you <laughs> for promoting Jesus. It was yeah. just taboo. Yeah. And so that's why we met in a different flat every night all throughout the, the town, just from a security standpoint. But it's like you say, you see these people step up. And uh, we, we've been reading these verses about, you know, be courageous, which is really where I learned to be courageous because uh, there's something about when you're sharing Jesus, when you know there's a, a risk there of someone taking your life because of that, and it's not just something you're saying, it's actual, you're, you're, you're in the Ukraine. Faith, faith in the resurrection becomes yeah. very real. That, that very thought yeah. came to my mind, but I just, you know what I kept thinking? Because we were thinking of ideas to get people to come, but everything we did, they came by the hundreds. You know, they had a gym there at that university, and uh, I said, look, Let's let's just have a basketball night, you know, and we'll play the Ukrainians. And I think it was it was three or four of us Americans there, and there were hundreds of them, and so then none of them were any good, and uh, so we just played them all, you know, the whole court because <laughs> you couldn't do anything with all the people, <laughs> and then we just got up on the bleachers and we're like, we had an interpreter. And we just said, this is, this is why we're here. 
you know, and we would, it would be a five minute sermon and we said, let's do it again, you know, tomorrow night. And, uh, and then we would invite them to all the different groups. And that, that's when we left, that was kind of what was going. But I thought, man, this is a firestorm of people. But it comes back to that. The hope that was offered in Jesus was so appealing to that and freedom for the first time. They felt free and they were like, hey, well, well let's consider what they're talking about. You know the truth. The truth will set you free. Yeah. Well, and I think yeah. that's one of the the contrast. I mean, what Adam is describing, because we've been talking, Adam, we've been in Hebrews for a while, and it's been a contrast in kingdoms. We've talked about earthly kingdoms and what they do versus heavenly kingdoms and what, what we're trying to do working on the earth. And I think what you're describing is such a perfect contrast. It's governments that get into these things that hurt people. But the kingdom of God steps in to help people in what the earthly kingdoms get themselves into. And then even the U.S. stuff, you know, you mentioned Afghanistan. I mean, we see the limitations of earthly kingdom. They think they're all powerful, but the real power is the ones who are doing what you guys are doing day in, day out. That's correct. And and talking about eternal life. So it's, it's really a great, it's a great picture, an illustration of what we've been talking about in the book of Hebrews. Yep. In, the, in our last bit of time here, I'm telling if folks want to uh, help or contribute or, you know, be able to do that, where would they go to, to support what you guys are doing? Is there a place they can go, a website or something like that? Yeah, you can just you can go to our, our E3 Ranch. Um, you can see E3Ranch.com, our website, and and navigate, you know, to the foundation that way. Um, okay. And, and I appreciate that. You know, one of the it, – it's it's been really neat how every time we've had a, a specific need that was going to be pretty expensive um, – Again, confirmation that we're in the right spot uh, and right where we need to be is, is those just continue to get filled. Um, so, you know, when we started over there, there was snow on the ground. And uh, I can't believe the months go by so quick. But now we're coming up on winter again. So, you know, one of the big needs will just be um, clothing and, and warm weather yeah. stuff for, you know, for a lot of people over there that are going to be in, in a bad spot. Um, as you can imagine, with, with, hundreds of bombs coming over daily, you know, they're, they're losing houses and apartment complexes and all that pretty rapidly. So. Oh, and look, yeah. hey, I, uh, I was there almost 30 days and it was never above freezing <laughs> in yeah. 30 days. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. 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 Winter time. We're a long way yeah. from Louisiana. <laughs> winter, winter time makes it tough. <laughs> well, Adam, look, we, you know, we were, we were brothers because of, because of sports and because of hunting and our love for those sort of things. But, our eternal relationship with you and your family, uh, brothers in Christ, is the most important. So that way we get to do all this stuff together. And the good news is we'll get we'll be in heaven forever, you know. So that'll be the ultimate. Can't but wait, buddy. We appreciate what hey, you're doing, thanks, and thanks for being on the podcast. Today. I love what you're doing. Love you, brother. Keep keep the faith, man. You guys, man, so good to see y'all. I'll have to uh, sneak down there here sooner sooner than later. Absolutely, we'll, we'll welcome you. Just don't don't shoot over Dad's head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting on the other side of the blind from now on. All right, Adam. I we'll want to get that stare again. All right, fellas. Take Thanks care. for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes, and don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else. Subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.